It's finally here. Welcome to Do It With Dan. Entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Do It With Dan. It is my, my pleasure, nay, it is my joy to introduce best-selling Amazon author, Mr. Scott Sunderland. Hey, Dan, how are you? How did you like your introduction? I loved it. I, I, I was looking behind me, looking for, for somebody they'd, somebody else you were talking to. I wasn't even sure. No, no, no. It's only you. It's only you. It's only you. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. What, weather good where you are? What's that? Is the weather good where oh, you are? It's uh, bright, sunny skies, 73 degrees, walking in the park as I'm talking to you. How's that? Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Let's talk right now, Scott, about fish bowls. Sure. For those of you who haven't, for those of you who haven't gone and grabbed a copy of Scott's uh, best-selling book, Finding Ugly, brrr, we're going to put a link underneath the uh, in the description for you to go ahead and grab that. Um, but let's talk about fish bowls because fish bowls, the whole fish bowl analogy that you used in your book, I think represented apart from the really inspiring stories that you shared um whether it's your own life or some of the people you've been working with i think fishbowl's analogy is something that i really would be think would be an amazing tool to share with the with the listeners so why don't you break down your fishbowls and give people the opportunity to tap into the amazing tool well i think with the fishbowl um how i kind of came up with that was when i was paralyzed i was in a hospital bed nothing on my body moved so i was kind of totally mind separated from body mm -hmm. um so i woke up one night and i just thought what if instead of looking out into a world that i exist in what mm -hmm. if I am just looking back inside my mind. And if it's back inside my mind and I am just looking at, you know, a, um, a movie screen or an illusion, because that's what quantum physics tells us, right? There's really nothing real until you say it's real. So yeah. if this is all happening in my mind, then that means my legs, my arms, mm -hmm. my body that doesn't move, the walls of the room, the bed in the room, everything that I see, smell, hear, taste, touch is all inside my mind. So that gave me the license, if you will, to mm -hmm. be able to change not only my body, but my environment, everything around me. So, of course, being in that being in that bed and being in the paralyzed body, obviously that takes a hold of your mind and mm -hmm. you battle with that 23 and a half hours a day. And the other half hour you try to tap in or I tried to tap in to that idea. And that was kind of my, I just called it my fishbowl. Mm. See, for, for, for those, for those who don't actually realize you're not just spouting hokum here. You're not uh, reciting huffy puff stuff that you've read in a couple of feel good books. You live this stuff. When people are reading this, listening to you talk, 
they're listening to the words of someone that isn't spouting pseudoscience that, that they're just charging people to, to listen to money. This is your actual life experience. You actually went from being paralyzed and unable to move, having people wash you and pissing your own mouth because, because <laughs> yes. true, <laughs> true, yep. true. Not many people can say they've done that. I Not can. many people can say they've done that. Not many people would want to either. No. But you, but you've done that. I've done it. You, these, these words that you're talking, these, these tools I brought you on to really start sharing with people um, here, because we're going to go through your, through your 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 system. We're going to just take it, to take someone step by step through your system. Sure. In a bit, but when you're saying it, you're saying it literally as someone who has lived it, has gone from that state to describe your life now. Are you are you are you a little bit paralyzed? Are you still in a wheelchair but moving about a bit? Tell people how far you've come. Well, right now. I am walking with the love of my life in a beautiful park, 73 degrees. I am upright. I am walking on my own two feet. I move my hands. I move my arms. I'm holding the phone that I'm talking you to. I live probably even better than I did before when I was paralyzed. I ski. I am fully 100% active. I don't have any residual effects, not any at all. And, uh, I really do live an unlimited life, and I, I really kind of credit that, this life, to that experience, because not only did I get myself out of the bed, but it, it really unleashed me. It, it gave me an appreciation, not only for, you know, doing what I'm doing now, but it really showed me who I was, that fishbowl, as you say it. That, yeah. that I tapped into in my mind, that's what, that's what freed me. So mm. it, it really, it really was before, you know, anything, you know, I really knew a little bit about quantum physics and very little, you know, I would, yeah. I was kind of a self-help guy, but I can yeah. because here I am living uh, in a hospital bed unable to move so what the hell you know what i mean I, I have followed all these things and yet here i am and i realized i needed that to happen for me to change my life because if i didn't change my life i would not be in the place that i am now so would you say that then that empowered you to find the space to be grateful for your experience it did it definitely obviously when i walked you know it took me about a year, just over a year, to really uh, say 80% recovery and total recovery, year and a half. Yeah. But it definitely, as I was coming out, I became more grateful for just the tiniest things, you know. Just the smallest things made me just so grateful. So, but it's still, you, you still are, you're, I think we're all just paralyzed, but we're paralyzed in the mind. The mind paralyzes the body, yeah. the thoughts and the feelings that we feel every day. I mean, it just, and they become habits without us even knowing. Yeah. One of the things that I, I found really, okay, I'm going to ask you this question. When I was looking at the, the story, I'm, I don't really want to go too much into it because I, I think I want people to, I want people to understand for themselves as they read the book, the, the relationship. But 
when you describe meeting Brad again in your meditation state mm-hmm. in chapter sure. four, yeah, it struck me that one possible meaning of the phrase "finding ugly" was the freedom you got from that meeting. Is that something that's ever come to you, or or is there a deeper level, or have I gone too deep in looking at, at your at your title? Well, it's, so with Brad, um, being best friends, we obviously called each other a lot of things, right? Yeah. That's what guys do. But yeah. we had we had a nickname for each other, and we we called each other ugly. That's what yes, that's, we did. That's, that's what I mean. That's yeah. That's, so we called each other ugly. So for after you know, after the tragedy on the beach and he lost his life, I really felt responsible. He was walking behind me and I felt I, like I led him to his death. And I also, in seeing him, seeing that moment where I actually saw him go under the water and take his last breath, um, I, I, it it was a tragedy, but at the same time, it was beautiful. Like I was getting, I was the sole person able to witness this. And it was really beautiful. So I was very conflicted, you know, because hey, mm-hmm. society tells us that's a bad thing. But what I, and obviously this whole thing was a tragedy and uh, he lost his life and, you know, left behind and everybody was broken hearted but yeah I was conflicted because I saw something that was a tragedy but it was beautiful what I was watching was really beautiful it was very you know it's a very strange moment you know all time stops and all that you you know we've always heard that but I'm watching him kind of being called home and it was really beautiful but at the same time being I just conflicted with it you know because of course what we believe is a you know death is a bad thing so with that and also being um just immersed in that survivor's guilt of you know he he was walking in my path and I led him to his death and I would I would just constantly reach out to him to say hey you know you, you please please let me know that you forgive me please let me know yeah and um it was in that meditation that you had mentioned that he came to me and it was so real and he walked into me and he said it's never been me it's always been you because i am you and i just got it i just got it it was like boom you know the the faucets turned on i yeah. cried for days and yeah. it was not crying from sadness it was just relief and it was yeah. just love and gratitude and all of that that really it flushed everything out of my out of my soul that held that guilt you know and it that's when i said i i have to tell his story i have to tell because people need to hear it because he was such a he was such a perfect soul you know everybody loved him and uh, yeah it it and i had to tell i, I mean i even told his mom it i I don't know how to tell you this, but it was beautiful. And mm-hmm. Son was called home. I yeah. felt it because I mean the, the concept of freedom and is one because there's a couple of themes that I I saw throughout the book. One of them is 
really just driving home the importance of people's acknowledgement that what you experience is what you observe into life, which quantum physics, as you've touched on the science, uh, I myself have always shied away from going too deep into the science and just touching on the cursory. Yes, yes. In short, science is saying now that you only can experience that which you've observed into reality. That's the long and short of it. And, and that's one of the themes that I, I found in your book. And that's and when I was reading through and I was catching your your energy from the stories that you're telling from your own experience, which is so inspiring. And I, I really do hope that people go in and, and grab that book and, and, and get the opportunity to, to read about it. And some of the people that you've worked with, it's that you have to accept responsibility, a responsibility that comes yeah. from that power to create your life yes but then your own experience mirrors that you acknowledge that there may be a block of some kind in people's lives which is holding them back from experiencing that true power for you absolutely absolutely uh, it was it was addressing the guilt that you've been harboring over brad mm -hmm. and then you found your freedom through the ugliness of the experience and uh -huh. really see that it wasn't that ugly an experience and then you've got the double entendre of course of the ugly being mm -hmm. the, the nickname that you had for brad and I, yep. I found that really 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 interesting yeah i mean it's it's you know it's just even going back to when i was in the bed when i was paralyzed it really you know obviously we all think oh well i have cancer my you know my life's over or yeah. I'm paralyzed, I'm laying in this bed, I have Parkinson's, whatever the, you know, whatever the syndrome is that we say, oh my gosh, this is the end of it all. What if it's really the beginning? What if yeah. it's really, because that's what we grab onto, that's what we've been told, that's what we've been taught. So what if we yeah. grabbed onto saying, hey, maybe this is the thing that's trying to save me. It's bringing me away from my body, away from the feelings that I have habitually felt from day one, feelings that have been, you know, uh, I say in the book, um, like, for instance, you're at a party, you're six years old, and your uncle calls you fat. So right away, you feel such a rush of emotions because, oh, my God, he called me fat. So suddenly, what we know about quantum physics is, if you, if you put attention on the particle, the particle becomes matter. So what if that attention and it's such a strong emotional feeling to it you create suddenly fat and now you see yourself because your body is just matter which is particle which you create you creating the illusion of yourself but now you see fat and obviously he forgot about it moments after he said it but you've been at because it wasn't 40 60 years with that yeah. same you know, that same thing running through your your head and that's all you're doing. You're just rerunning it over and over and over. And that's how you see yourself. What if it's that simple? What if it's really that simple? But then, but then again, again, people, the, the, the energy, if you will, that people could be diverting into shifting that thought, the thought patterns associated with that creation are often caught up in a loop. Like I said, yes. you, it was guilt. Um, I've observed them in my own life. I deal but I touch on it in terms of the, the, the loop holding back in my own book, Step Beyond Intention, which comes out in July, I think awesome. we've got it coming out. Um, it's the thing of 
you can't hold on to the you can't hold on to the past and grab your future. No. It's that that old adage, yep. the, that old saying. Yep. And that I think one of the things that I found most inspiring about your book, and I think this is where it really ties into my own paradigm in terms of the acceptance step, which is that you have to just take the ugliness that you see and find the beauty within it. Yes, absolutely. By letting go of your associations, your mental associations, and those illusions that you've created yes. around those associations, the meaning that you've attributed to it. Um, society says about death. I mean, I remember when um, some of the people that have read the advanced drafts of Stepping Beyond Intention, because in acceptance, one of the things I say is you have to accept death. You know, I, I talk very much about acceptance. The acceptance step is that you have to accept yourself for who you are as you are right now warts and all there's nothing that you you can let go of you have to accept your life for what it is how it is right now warts and all and most importantly you have to accept that you and you alone are responsible for every single thing in your life as it is right absolutely now, warts and, all. and you have to accept then that that also empowers you to then change your life to the way you want it to be from here on out but, but with that power comes a responsibility that, yes, going forward, you can't make excuses. Right. You can't blame this person or that person because there's nobody else observing your reality into life. The only person observing your reality into life is you. The only power that other people have is a power that you give to them by associating their meanings to your reality. Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, yeah, dead on. Absolutely dead on. That's why. Just that being in that hospital bed, greatest thing that ever happened to me. At the time, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> no, yes. absolutely not. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're, you're trying to, you know, oh, well, I didn't create this. But yeah. This yeah. Is, I think, honestly, in all of it, the thing that may have hit me probably the most when I was in that bed is I realized I put myself there. I... I, you know, I own a, I am a contractor and I was working yeah. incredibly long hours. I was away yeah. from my family cause I worked in other States yeah. and uh, all yeah. I, and I just had so much stress and so many people yelling at me and saying, you got it done. Yeah. It's not good enough, whatever. I just kept yeah. thinking, all I want to do is just go home and go to bed. I just want get mm -hmm. and run away from all of this. And three months later yeah. I was in that bed and I was powerless. I yeah. got my wish. I got my wish. And my you know life you know built from it. But... Do you know what's crazy, Scott? Is that I wanted you to bring that out organically in this conversation because I really wanted people to see the connection that you made between your health issue that arose in your body mm -hmm. and the thoughts that led to you creating it. Because a lot of people would look at that situation and say, but, you know, how did I create it? Yeah. A good friend of mine who... Um, he and his wife are going to be doing, hopefully we should be doing this, a, a video blog version of this um, later on in the year, um, for which I'd really like to bring you and Emily back in just in relation to what you guys are doing with, with Insight. But Chris said, actually, he, and, and this is why it's really funny, because in your situation, you've identified that it was, you know, oh, I just want everything to stop. I don't really want to work anymore. And that energy created the reality of you being stuck in a bed and not able to move, which is what you'd asked for. For him, he wanted to be more open-hearted, and he ended up needing open-heart surgery. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
and then an, another really really good friend of mine i'm actually we're actually recording her tomorrow mm -hmm. she's got a really really powerful story she healed herself of cancer uh with no chemo no nothing she now goes all around the world um, empowering people to to look at alternative ways of dealing with different issues that have in their body not necessarily cancer right. and she said that for her um working in the beauty industry um she had this obsessive energy attached to losing weight and to getting skinny mm -hmm. right and then she ended up getting cancer which made her lose all, all the weight. way and it's just crazy it's how it's crazy because we don't realize i mean going back to the, the, the you know this is fact science is saying this is fact what we observe becomes reality and what we observe comes from what we think and when we attach a certain level of vibrational energy to it that drops it back that drops its, its vibrational frequency and we experience it as matter and these things that we think about all the time that we don't even realize it can be having a quote unquote negative effect on reality and it's just the responsibility that we have in creating our reality is something that we completely lose sight of people don't realize that whether you accept that responsibility or not you are creating your reality it's just you're creating on autopilot and that's why you end up with something that you don't yep. want because you're trying to get that reality and then body exactly. is saying or your mind is saying okay well we got to get that reality how do we do it all right let's shut them down yeah yeah he's not listening to us <laughs> he don't get it we keep we keep yeah. throwing you know major you know major sicknesses at him he doesn't get it. it's like the guy is so sick so what we're going to do is we're just going to shut him down to where he just lays in a bed for a year to figure it out and then then we'll give him a shot you know and it's so true though if you do you definitely have to accept the responsibility of hey maybe i did create this i just yeah. don't see the other side of the river right now but finding the other side of the river is you have to trust you have to trust whatever is inside you that isn't scott which isn't yeah. dan we're just a character you gotta catch the one that makes it all happen yeah that that's obviously that's what you know she connected to that's what i can and that's why it's so important that people, and I love what you're doing, because you're connecting people with people that have done it. And yes. Those people are licensed to say, wait a minute, maybe I did create this. Yeah. Maybe I did create it, because if I created it, then I can fix it. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing that I really, really want people to, to drive yeah. home. Actually, because it's so, it's so easy to look at... Um, to look at your your reality, to accept that you've made some missteps in only in the context of it's not what you want, and then to just wallow in it. I mean, that's another really powerful concept that I look at in stepping your attention, which is walking that fine line be between accepting responsibility and not uh, accepting responsibility for what you've done and not making it a, a matter of blame. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's a very, very, very fine line to walk because it's so easy to say, oh, yeah, I accept responsibility for it. And then you can, you can fall into guilt and blame instead of saying, I accept responsibility for it, all of it. OK, I now take the power that I get from having that responsibility now. And I say, mm -hmm. OK, moving forward, I'm going to direct that power here. 
I Boom. know that my thoughts are creating my reality. Okay, so what am I thinking? I'm going to think with Dr. Wayne Dyer, Dyer um, may rest in peace, spoke about thinking with awareness, not just letting your brain go off and do its own thing, mm -hmm. but keeping it in check. Yep. And then you start to think about what am I putting into my brain? What TV shows am I watching? Exactly. I mean, I'm not talking about being a monk and sitting in yes. a yes. dark cave somewhere. Entertainment's fine. We, we will love, but just be aware as these things are coming in, if you're watching them with awareness, you're not just lending it program you, then you can watch it with, you know, with not everybody that watches a, 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 a slasher movie is going to come out and turn into a psycho killer, right? Right. Or not everybody that watches Friday the 13th or Eddie, what's the one with um, Elm Street? Not uh, everybody that does that's going to have nightmares, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the thing that separates those that definitely won't and those that probably will are those that allow those things to just invade their mind without them actually monitoring and remembering these things I'm watching, they're forming part of who I am. Yes. Because if I'm forming part of who I am, at some point, on some level, they are going to manifest yes. somewhere in my reality. Yes. And, Not necessarily and, a nightmare, but some somehow. It's going right, to but it could be fear. That can exactly. manifest just fear. And it doesn't matter. Fear is exactly. just a feeling, right? So yeah, that fear can come from, you know, having Freddy come after me, literally running me down. Or that could yep. be fear of whatever, a relationship. It could be fear. Of, it can just, you're, the feeling is really what drives our lives. And yes. it's what feelings you choose to hang on to. And we all know. But we hang on to we hang on to we hang on to fear we hang on to anger and yeah. they become a habit just a habitual feeling so you know the body wants some some love from the brain yeah. it wants some chemicals to be run through it so yeah. it calls to the brain and says hey dude what's up man we need we need a shot here all yeah. right let me, let give me, me think give me that good stuff yeah, let me think. Uh, I think let, let's give him, let's throw some traffic at him. He hates yeah. traffic. That'll piss yeah. him off. All right, here it comes. And then the brake lights show up. And the brake, as soon as the brake lights show up, oh my god, I'm going to be late for my meeting. My boss is yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. So pissed off. He's going to fire me. Maybe I should just quit because I really don't like the guy. You know, <laughs> it just it runs rampant, and that's why I say that's like the freight train running through the living room. Exactly. You can't get in front of the freight train. You're not going to stop the thoughts. They're going to come. Yeah. And that's, I think, people will say to me, well, how do I stop it? You don't. You no. recognize it. If you can recognize it, eventually you change it. It's a switch. But the switch is that I can control this by recognizing what my brain is doing. The brain doesn't know the difference between a good feeling and a bad feeling. That's okay. Scott. Scott knows yeah. good feelings from bad feelings. So the yeah. brain is trying to get my body to feel because that's what we yeah. came here for. Right? It works in autopilot, right? Yep. And then it just goes on autopilot and we try to change it by trying to feel positive. And it's so difficult because we don't realize that this is what the brain is doing. Mm -hmm. It's needs to be told, dude. I don't want this feeling. Go ahead, send it. I know you're going to send it. I know you're going to send the brake lights, but you know what? The traffic's going to clear up and everything's going to be fine. But we don't do that. We dive into it. We let it take over. We let the next thought come through and then the next thought come through. And it, it exhausts us. And we do it every day, all day, because we live in the same environment that produces the same feelings. And until we break away from that, 
and recognize what our brain is actually doing, we need to trick the brain back into thinking and feeling what we want to feel. So that's why I say you have to feel the experience before the experience comes. The mm-hmm. feeling brings the experience. But you know what it is? I was, I, we, did a, we did a recording on, oh gosh, I think about a week ago now um, with a, an EFT practitioner. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ruthie's episode is really, really, uh, really, really helpful. I'm looking forward to people hearing that. Um, but in that, Ruthie was talking about, um, which we're talking through how, how EFT works, mm-hmm. you know, tapping and um, emotional um, field therapy. And she was saying that she was reminding us and teaching us that an emotion, the actual emotion itself comes in waves, but those waves don't actually last any more than about 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. Everything after that is you either dwelling yes. on that, wave of emotion or you trying to fight that wave of emotion if you literally just step back allow it to flow observe it which is what Eckhart Tolle uh, refers to become becoming the watcher so you're you're seeing it you're just watching it float past it's not that you're holding it in if it makes you want to cry it makes you want to cry if it makes you want to laugh it makes you want to laugh if it makes you want to scream it makes you want to scream but the authentic actual feeling which then goes on to uh, to cause more experience later on doesn't last any more than ninety seconds. Mm-hmm. After ninety seconds, you, you've just created an illusion because the wave just comes and and, and passes. So I think right. one of the really really interesting way that that ties into what you're saying is that yes, we have those chemical um, we have those chemical attack chemical. Uh, counterparts to those feelings that we that we that we experience we have the cortisone that comes from stress for example um just the same way we have i think it's oxycodone that comes um uh with um with with love for something or a connection to somebody but those chemicals really can only have an opportunity to be produced in mass when we sit in that feeling so if you don't want to sit in a feeling that you don't like taking that moment to observe it which there are many tools for eft is one um meditation really empowers you as, as another one as we know um you've got simple breathing exercises you can do to just give you a bit of time out to, to break that's that to give you that split second to break once the natural feeling has passed then you can you can just let it wave wave past you uh, and it doesn't have to become an elongated protracted thing that ends up taking over your life and just infecting you with feelings that you don't really want Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, and that's, you know, it's, we, we just constantly immerse ourselves in that constantly. I mean, because it's, it's yeah. all habitual. It's all habitual. Yeah, of course. But it also is like, you know, you were saying earlier about, you know, the fishbowl and, you know, we were talking about, you know, Friday the 13th and stuff and, yeah. you know, TV and news and all. And, and, you know, I don't put any of that into my fishbowl. I, I just don't because I don't know yeah. if I don't even know if the president exists. I don't know if, you know, North Korea exists. I don't know if any of those places are. They're not here with me right now. I can't see them. I can't feel them. I can't taste them. I can't do any of it. Of course. If I don't see or hear any of that, then it doesn't necessarily exist for me. So it doesn't mm-hmm. exist for me. So for me to watch a news story about let's say north korea when you get home yeah. from work and let's say you're watching something like that it it makes you feel fear it makes you feel anger and all those feelings that you're feeling it's like why are you feeling them 
It's not Mm -hmm. right here in front of you. It's not actually here. So does it even exist? And that's where the quantum physics comes. It's like, no, that's what, right. That's what we've learned. That's what we have found out. And I think, you know, as you're saying with meditation, it puts us in touch with that. Yeah. Mm. One other, one of the stories that you, you shared in your, in your book was that of, I think it was, was it Kathy? Yes. Yes. Kathy. Mm -hmm. That one for me, just because we're talking about what we allow to come into our body, I think it's one thing I'd just like to touch on and just, and just give um, the listeners the opportunity to, to learn through her experience. And that was, it was obviously there's, there's a parallel drawn with your experience in that it was called into her body in her case, Parkinson's, Mm -hmm. but in her case, it was, it was the timing of her daughter getting health and her becoming ill literally yes the the parallels to be drawn with people taking on other people's crap you know um you've got those friends that just complain right and you just take on all of their crap yep we know that everything is energy so when you're taking on that information you're literally taking on an energetic frequency that then changes your energetic frequency and messes you that's why sometimes a a bad day can be infected just the same as a good day someone having someone in a good mood probably more so because we we jump on we jump on yes. to the, the negative more than we do the positive because we live in the negative more. Exactly. And we get a bigger but, uh, we get a bigger response from the negative feelings because we're used to them. And of course, people get addicted to the the feelings. I mean, I mean, one thing people not to detract too much from from this this chain of thought that we're just on now, but one thing that strikes me, and it's one that I've identified even in my own life, and I work on this daily, being mindful of it. It's the chemical. The chemicals that are released when we sit in a certain re- reaction can be just as, if not more, addictive than chemical drugs that we ingest into our body. So, Absolutely. the chemicals that we get, the chemical kick that we get from people saying, "Oh, I'm so sorry," "Oh, yeah," and feeling sorry for us, that chemical kick can be our crack cocaine, right? Absolutely. So, for some people, sitting in, just like you say, people generally have a more negative environment because they sit in it because the chemicals that are associated with it they go off in our body they love for me it was cortisone the chemicals of stress i realized i've been living under the chemicals of stress for 15 or 16 years always creating small situations i always have to sort of deal with uh, one, one stress to the next and sometimes it wasn't even a big stress and when i didn't have my own stresses guess what i do i go and take on other people's stresses yep. and go into superhero mode take on their stress oh let me help you with that all of a sudden, you've you've got stress resulting from somebody else's situation. And in Kathy's, she had a healthy body, generally healthy body, taking on the stress of her, the energy of her daughter's illness, ends up with Parkinson's, unable to walk fifty or seventy feet by herself. Yes, yeah, and it's I mean, and just like you're saying, though, remember if if all of this is just like I said, you're instead of looking out through your eyes into a world that exists that you exist in you're really looking back into your mind that is a world that exists inside you well where does kathy live where does her daughter live they they just all connected it's in the same mind so it was very simple when when you know i was talking to her and i knew nothing about this i really didn't know anything of her story i didn't know much i just knew that she could walk about 50 feet and, you know, in talking to her, I said, when did this start? 
And, you know, then she started to fill me in with her daughter and how their daughter's illness, it just started right then because it had such a traumatic effect on her, on Kathy, that mm -hmm. it just, it produced. And then when I asked, oh, you know, thinking the worst of her daughter and, uh, you know, how, how, you know, is she okay? Did she pass? And she says, oh, no, she's fine. And I'm like, you took on her shit. <laughs> That's what you did. Yeah. You just, yeah. because again, she's inside you, you know, Brad is inside of me. It's just this world that we have created inside our minds. And I know it's crazy. I get it. Believe me, if I didn't live it, it wouldn't be real to me, but that's what the, the, really the book is. It's a question. It's really, what if this all just simply exists in our mind and none of this even exists? So if it doesn't, then I can create the most beautiful life, the true life that I want, because these things, these people, they are really not there. They're just feelings I feel. And I have attached a name. I have attached a face to every yeah. feeling that I have. And some feelings are a real pain in the ass. Do you know, it's quite funny because um, one, of the, one of the last, I think, it's, I don't know if it was one of his last theories or just one of the thoughts of Stephen Hawking that came out shortly after he passed, may he rest in peace, was his theory that the universe is just a hologram, a projected hologram. Yeah. That's right. Which is, which is, you know, a, lo a lot of, um, how do we, how do we describe them? A lot of alternative, um, a lot of the alternatives, we'll say, yeah. <laughs> uh, have been speaking about the whole thing about hologram for some time now. And it was quite interesting to see a mainstream scientist with the, of the caliber of, of Dr. Hawkins, Professor Hawkins, sorry, um, just, just kind of going down that road of maybe we are just dealing with a hologram. Because, I mean, yes. again, just going back to the science, is it 99.99% of all atoms are just energy, empty space energy? And given that matter or reality is a, basically a, a, a buildup of those atoms into elements, into compounds, into particles, into substance, that means that 99.9% .9 or whatever it is of everything that we're observing is empty energy just vibrating at a frequency that we interpret as matter. Waiting for your intention. Waiting for exactly. your intention. So here's my question to you, Dan. Here's my sure. question, because you're, you're talking about the science, you're talking about Stephen Hawking, you're talking about, you know, Eckhart Tolle. What if they're all just inside you? What if, that's the thing, if, if science is telling us the particle, once you put your intention on the particle, then the matter appears, then isn't it telling you that science is part of that illusion? And that's the, I think that was the, that saved me. I didn't know so much about it. I was just pretty much a simple guy and I didn't get buried in the science. Am I doing it right? Am I, and getting paralyzed in my thoughts of, you know, is this theory right? Is, should I be tapping? Should I be tap dancing? What should I be doing in order to get me to this place where I can heal myself? And we become paralyzed because we're great at it. The mind loves to mess with us. And it, we become so conflicted that we do nothing. And mm. it, we just removed all of that. What if we just said, no, there is no Stephen Hawking. It's Dan. And Dan, you are looking, you are just a ball of energy that I pulled into my fishbowl today. And we, you and I are having this discussion. I am in your fishbowl 
maybe, I don't know, in a totally different universe, in a totally different reality. Yeah, so like the color blue. How do it's an idea. How do I know the color blue is the same for you? Same for me the right. So that's the interesting philosophical questions. Right. So right now I'm talking on a phone. I'm outside, beautiful day. But you know, thirty years ago, forty years ago when I was a little kid, I would sit in my house and I could talk on the phone and I can go anywhere I want as long as it with was in six feet. Yeah. I was tied to the wall with a cord. And I thought in my head, I made a little wish, just like I did, like, you know, when I was working so hard and stressed out, I made a little wish and say, God, wouldn't it be so cool if I could just get over another 15 feet and sit on the couch? And then Mm -hmm. the cordless phone comes. And then you're like, wow, this is so freeing. This is unbelievable. I can go anywhere I want as long as it's within 100 feet of that base station. But wouldn't it be cool to sit in my car? And I could talk on the phone while I was driving, not doing anything. And suddenly the cordless phone, the, uh, the cell phone was born. And then all the creatures' comforts that came with it. So I'll, I'll ask you, who created that? Did somebody magically build it and you didn't have anything to do with it? Or are you the phone? Are you, are you Samsung? Are you the one who created that? And that's the thing. We know what our bodies do. We know what happens in our bodies, our hearts beat, uh, the cells that die, the cells that are born every second, how all the synapses in our brains that get fired just so many times a second. All these things are happening, Dan, knowing nothing. We don't know even what our anniversaries are. We don't know when the birthdays are. We know nothing. But yet something is running all of this stuff. So what if we are... What if we are the phone? Again, all just an illusion. Because you can't say, well, this is an illusion, but this isn't. If it has to be complete and utter acceptance, right? It's got to be an that's entirety. It. That's it. So what if? And that's where the question for me, that's what freed me. When I was laying in that bed, I thought, what if? And I had to because I didn't have any other choice. I was helpless. I was hopeless. I was broken. And I had to let go. I had to let go of Scott. Scott wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Scott was dead. But something I had to trust. And I think that's the problem. Unless you get broken, unless you get to that helpless, hopeless point that you'd never let go. And you may still never let to the last breath of your life. But what if you get to that last darkness, that last day of your life, your last breath, and suddenly the darkness gives way to a brilliant light, and it says, game over, go back and try again. Mm. Or what if it's just a Rubik's Cube that we're just trying to figure out? And I think we figured it out, me and you, Dan. I think the... <laughs> <laughs> I think well, we're sharing it. We're not, we're not keeping it a secret. We're sharing it with all the listeners. Sharing it, right? But all inside us. They're all inside. I can't see them They're inside us. They're everybody. We're just an idea. And we created this. And I think when you get to that point, and it's hard to live that. It's not like I live that every second of the day. Of course not. Do I get angry? Oh, no. Do I feel yeah. 
Yes, of course I do. But I have a different understanding. The train is running through the living room and I know it's going to, it's going to eventually run through the living room. I know it's going to go and it's going to be done. Yeah. I'll be able to sit back down on the couch. I just let the, have to let those feelings run. And like you said, how long do I hold on to them? Do I hold on to them for 20 minutes? Do I hold on to them for yeah. 20 weeks? Do I hold on to them for 20, 40, 50 years? But the crazy thing as well, here's the crazy thing. Some people will, will catch on to the awareness of them holding on to it, but then they'll actually use, and this is one of my, I, I call them backdoor bullshits, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm now aware that it just passes. And if it's any longer, I, I'm, I'm holding on to it. But then you beat yourself up about having held on to it, right? And then you perpetuate a different yes. program, yes. a backdoor program. Backdoor program, yeah. <laughs> but so the, it's so the whoever designed this is brilliant plan it's a brilliant plan laughing historically and then when you die and everybody's sitting around you and they're laugh, you know they're crying and bawling your eyes out you go through that door and they're all laughing oh my god you should have seen yourself it's like a youtube yeah. video replay your life and look at you there what did you what were you thinking dude like exactly it's funny exactly it's funny exactly. Scott, I'm going to wrap this up now. Um, I've got another appointment. I've got me in just five or six minutes. Uh, but I just want to say thank you so much for your energy, time, for your experience. Um, love you, bro. You're an amazing, amazing, amazing soul. So pleased that we've got this opportunity to just, um, just to, you know, spit some game and, and share something with the people. I love it. Um, as I said, we've got um, the video series is launching later in the year. I've got a lot of traveling to do over the summer. So it's probably going to be when I settle back into Dubai in September. Uh, definitely want to get you and the lady on. Let's, let's, you know, let's shoot the hoops then. Beyond, uh, Stephanie, your detention will have been out. I'd love to have your thoughts on it um, and see if we can't take this discussion Absolutely. a bit back of that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, um, I'm going to put the details of how people can connect with you underneath the, um, in the video description, in the uh, podcast description. You guys are on Facebook. Are you on any other social media or is it just a Facebook right now? Facebook right now, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, we'll, we'll get people to connect with you on there. Awesome. Uh, and we'll also put a link to the book so as many people as possible can get on, on that. Again, congratulations on getting bestseller status this week. I'm very proud of you, sir. Thank you. Um, I did get my review up, so you should see that on Amazon now. You're and uh, yeah, really looking forward to people getting the opportunity to take this in. Because yeah. Um, yeah, just getting people to take their own fishbowl, um, clear, clean it out, Put some fresh water in there. If you want a castle in your fishbowl, a castle in your fishbowl. If you want some, some weeds, put them in there because it's your fishbowl, right? And you just leave everything else out. That's it. And leave everything else out. My love to you, bro. Um, you hopefully too, see you soon. I think we're going to maybe be catching up with you somewhere in the in States when we're out there in the summer. We're in the East Coast. But definitely, definitely we'll catch up. And yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. To give you a big hug. Yeah, okay. awesome. Thank you so much, man. I really greatly appreciate it, brother. Love you, man. Thank you, man. Take care. Love you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel Magana. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.dreamwithdan.com for updates for more exclusive content. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.